0: Hello and welcome back to the Steph Gorton podcast. Mon, I am so excited to have you here today, guys. Today's guest is... Such a phenomenal woman, like total inspo for so many people. I think actually like maybe 76,000 or so um, (laughs) people, but we have the beautiful Monique Lombardo here. You probably know her as the Socialista. Um, So really, really excited to have Mon here today. Mon is an Instagram and marketing coach for service-based business owners and coaches, helping them turn their followers into dollars using their Instagram. But she's also really well known for the co-creation of the Rise with Reels, which was the first Instagram. Reels course so incredible teaching you how to nail your reels and skyrocket your business using reels so you guys like you have had such a journey Mon, like because you've just burst on the scene like instagram's been sharing your reels like speaking gigs all over the world like oh my
1: gosh it is insane like i look back at my life over the last at least the last year and a half and and i'm like What the hell happened? How am I still alive right now (laughs) doing all the things? Like Um, 75
0: hour weeks, just like, yeah. But it's so easy to do when you're like passionate, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then just to be like, Oh, yeah, just a few more hours and you realize, Oh, it's midnight. Okay. I better log off now. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but it's been just such a wild journey. And I, it's just so crazy to think that all of this has come from Instagram. Like I don't promote anywhere else. I'm not anywhere else. I, you know, I started my business four years ago, uh, four years ago, almost four years ago, and I didn't even have a website for the first year and a half of my business. But I was completely booked out just through Instagram. And I remember when I was first starting my business, I was a few months in, and, and at first, I was kind of one foot in, one foot out. The socialista wasn't my full time job; it was part time at the time. And I remember this one girl on Instagram would like continually bully me on Instagram for not having a website, don't trust people who don't have websites. And at this time, I wasn't sure if the socialista was actually going to be a thing. So I hadn't registered it as a proper business yet. I had one or two clients kind of here and there that were mainly friends, but it wasn't really that massive business that I thought a business should be. So I hadn't registered as a business just yet. And I was working as like a sole trader sort of thing. And she completely blasted me on Instagram, taking screenshots of my account, trying to hide my name so I couldn't see that it was me. But obviously it was me with the follower account and the following. Everything was me. I approached her. It was a whole shit show. But that actually really scarred me for at least the first year and a half of my business where I'm like, I'm not, I'm not good enough. This isn't right for me. La, la, la. I'm not a real business owner until I realized, Monique, shut up. Who is this person? Get yourself back on the horse. Let's go. And as soon as I did that, as soon as I went full-time in my business and got rid of that mindset, wow,
0: everything changed. It's crazy because in that initial phase of business, and uh, we said a lot we say I work with startups. We said a lot with our clients. but like, you really are so susceptible because it's really scary putting yourself out there for your first ever business the first time. Like even the second time for me, it was scary, but it's, it's actually really terrifying. And so, you know, when we see women putting themselves out there and then immediately getting like bullied like that, Mm -hmm. it it just makes you want to shut down because it's like, I put this out there. It's like a reflection of my soul and my life's purpose. And then someone comes in shattering it. And I really feel like growing up, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but, you know, growing up, like we got bullied but not the way that people bully online like it's a whole different experience and it really just makes you want to go into your shell and go maybe I'm not good enough and maybe it's you know a a problem so the fact that you were able to be like no I'm not going to give this woman power and I am just going to go and do this damn thing anyway and look where you are now imagine if I gave her the power who was that benefiting not me not my clients. <laughs> Absolutely not, babe. So, for everybody listening, I'm sure they know who you are, but just in case, who is Monique Lombardo and what does a day in your life look like?
1: Yeah. So, I am a Instagram and marketing coach, service based businesses and coaches, but a typical day in my life looks like it can change, but mainly it looks like me sitting in front of my laptop, creating strategies for my clients on Zoom calls, coaching them inside my group coaching programs, um, facilitating my groups, getting into my Reels course, creating course content, but also out into the real world and creating Reels for clients. And that's one thing that I love doing, actually getting out, creating Reels, getting creative with them. A lot of my content on my own page is Reels. And so I really do focus on creating high quality content for my own page. Um, and really fostering and creating a beautiful community of women through my Instagram page and through what I say and through what I do um, because business is lonely. Starting a business can be lonely, especially at whatever stage you're at, it's lonely. And so really having someone there that can almost be your bestie, who you can bounce ideas off of, someone who you can lean on is exactly who I want to be for so many of my clients and my audience as well. So that's a little bit of a snippet of me. But yeah, I started this three and a half years ago and I actually started as a social media manager. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I decided I was in a full time job and I was a social media manager there for a brand. Oh my gosh, I hated it so much. I hated this job. And that was the thing. It was a job. It was I hated the people. Like I love the the content. I love the things that I was doing, the people I was meeting, but the people that I was working with, it was like I was back in high school. Mm-hmm. Completely back in high school, and I was like, "Why did I go to uni for three years? Why did I do these internships to land myself back in high school in a place that I absolutely dreaded going to?" So I decided, "Enough is enough." Um, I started the socialista, and it was so funny because you know when you start a business and you, you, you're thinking about it, you're thinking about it, and you're like, "Okay, you know, universe or Lord, whatever, whatever you you believe in, give me a sign." and oh my gosh, I got signs left, right, and center. And I just kept ignoring it. And that's not the sign. That's not the sign. And then I finally, I remember I was at the gym and there was this one girl I hadn't seen in ages. And she goes to me, hey, Monique, how are you? What are you doing now? And I was like, I just started my own business. It just sort of word vomited out there. And I was like, oh shit, now I need to go home. I need to make my Instagram page, create a logo, do all the things. And that was sort of like the kick up the bum that I needed to be able to you know, get it started and get it off the ground. And like I said, I started part-time for about a year and a half before I went full time
0: in my business. Mm. And where are you now? Like because I know that like as I said before you've skyrocketed your business. Like you have gone from that, you know, little like not little, beautiful owner operated one person solopreneur to, you know, a team and multiple revenue streams and a content creator. Like what does your business look like now?
1: Yeah, so I've kind of I would say sprawled out to different areas. So I still work as a social media manager for my clients. Um I have team members now that work with me. I've trained them and they basically handle all of my client work because at the point, I think it was about a year and about, about a year ago, I was still doing it all by myself. I was doing one-on-one coaching calls every single week with, you know, seven to ten clients every single week. I was going out on location, creating content for clients. At this time, I was creating the Rises Rules course. And I was doing my social media management. If I didn't know any better, I would have like absolutely shot myself. <laughs> Be like, why are you doing this? Um, it, was, it was really hectic. I did not have a second of free time. But, you know, sometimes you need to hustle to get to where you need to go. And so I did that for a little bit. And then I decided, I think the real turning point for me was when I started making little mistakes, little easy mistakes. For example, back when I was a social media manager for all my clients, I accidentally posted one of my clients post on my own feed and it it was up there for all of two seconds, but that was enough for me to be like, Oh, quickly delete. And that's it. I've got too much on my plate. I need to outsource this. Mm. And so that was the real turning point for me to really get in and get someone on board to help me. So now I have two beautiful social media managers that work for me um, or work with me on a long-term basis. And I have a few contractors and another social media manager that works more part-time and fills in the gaps. So they really help me with my social media management side of my business. I jump in, I review all the contents, I put content ideas throughout, and we have our weekly meetings. But what I focus on solely is my coaching. I have multiple group coaching programs, masterminds. I have my one on ones and I do coaching sessions two days a week. And then in between there, I go out and I do real shoots and I am creating courses and programs and worksheets and all that jazz. So it works pretty well right now where it's kind of streamlined where I know my boundary and you know, I've I really have so much trust in my in my team to be able to do the work and, you know, they can come to me, they come to me every day, asking questions and building that up so then I can really focus on my coaching clients.
0: Totally. And absolutely so incredible because uh, just actually before I dive into this, how long have you had the socialist stuff? Like when did you like, yeah. I guess, like taking it seriously for you to have all that team? Like how long really, how long has it been? So
1: I have a plaque behind me and it's, I I started the socialist start near the end of 2018. And I was part-time and I was working two days a week in the Socialista. And then by January 2020, I gave my notice in December to my part-time job saying, Hey, I'm going full-time in the Socialista. That's it. Luckily for me, they came on as a client, which was beautiful. But then, yeah, so January 2020 is when I went full-time, went all in, had my clients and and just decided to to do it. And then March 2020 happened. And mm-hmm the world went back. What a moment. Yeah.
0: What (laughs) What a moment. moment. What a moment to quit your job and (laughs) go into your own business. What a moment. (laughs) No. And then I was like,
1: what is happening here? And I was really fortunate at the time I was living at home. So I didn't really have that many expenses to outlay. So I was really, really fortunate. I got together with a few other girls and we created a course called the digital mastermind. And this is where seven of us creators online came together with our expertise and created this course for people going through hard times in COVID. The course I think was like, it was so cheap. I cannot believe it. I think it was like $149 for this course. And for me, I was like, whoa, that is so expensive. $149 (laughs) for a course. No way. Um, And we did it, we launched it. And this was like sort of my first foot in to the whole course creation world. So that happens. And then slowly by like July, that's when clients started coming back. And, but this also really helped me boost my coaching side. So at that time I wasn't really coaching. I had one coaching client up until this point. And then by, I want to say June, 2020, that's when I really kicked off my coaching business. And that's when I started getting a real influx of coaching. People generally couldn't afford social media management as an ongoing thing for X amount of time. So we started with coaching and that was really great. It really got my foot in the door, really understanding how to coach and be the best coach and doing all the things. And so that was really, really, really helpful. So you've done all of this in like two and a half years. Yeah. Like, yeah, two years. Once I got out of lockdown, yeah. I think so we got in lockdown, I think it was like June. So, yeah. So from June 2020 till April 2022, less than two years to actually really light a firecracker.
0: Yeah. Multi, good. multi six figure. And, you know, with a team, tell me, cause one thing that you mentioned before, which I think our audience would love to listen to, you mentioned that, you know, for a long time you were doing it all yourself and like the same thing happened with me. And so, you know, for a long time, you do do it all yourself and you just hustle, 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 hustle. And you just like, you know, you don't mind it because you love it, but obviously it's exhausting. And you look back now and you're like, how did I do that? How did I do all that work? What was the thing for you personally, originally when it was about, you know, you realize at that point you had to outsource, you had to get a team. Deep in your heart, probably if you were listening, and I'm I'm sure you're aware, you probably, again, had signs many months before that, that it was time to get a team on board, what were some of the things that were coming up for you to stop you from getting that team straight away? Because obviously a lot of our clients, yeah. wait, you wait until the last minute and then it's almost too late. I waited. Oh my goodness. I made the
1: decision to get a team member. I think it was in September at some point, get a team member. I think it was November actually. And I had her until about April last year and then she ends up getting a full-time job somewhere else moving back home and so it was a little bit hard for her to do this she, almost, she was working about 15 to 20 hours a week for me so it wasn't full-time at this point which is a good thing for you to notice as well you don't need to get a full-time employee to get started you can get someone who's casual get someone to work for you to fill in those gaps and then you can build up their hours as you go but the downside of that is that sometimes people want more stable income mm. and so they go out looking for full-time jobs or in this case here. Before she applied to work for me, she applied to work for other people. And they had picked up her resume three months later. I was like, okay, we need her now. Mm. And so she went over to them. So I was like, damn it. So it was for a good few months. It was for a good, I want to say, five months. And this is again going back into lockdown 2.0 for us here in Sydney. I didn't have another social media manager. So I was pretty much doing it all myself. That team member, she was still working for me on the weekends, just doing bits and pieces. But I was like, no, I can do it myself. I can do it myself. I can do it myself. Then it got to about August, I was like, that's it. I've had it. Mm. I put an ad out on LinkedIn. I got 200 applications for this job. Do you know how long it took me to go through these applications to even muster the courage to do it? A whole month. To even look at the applications like the people are there they're wanting to work with me but for me I stopped myself because I kept saying I can do it myself I don't need another person you know I why
0: am I giving this money to another person I can do it myself Mm. and so what was that mindset then like what was that was it like was it fear do you think it was like because it's obviously a mindset right so it's like was it fear of hiring was it I don't want to say scarcity but like that that almost like that I can keep this money I don't need to give this money out was it like maybe an ego that was like no sis you've got this you don't you don't need it like because it's really Interesting because there are so many reasons why people don't hire. Ultimately, like you can tell yourself, like, yeah, I can do it myself. But when we really get down to the depths of it, there's like a belief system that usually is stopping us from making that next level decision.
1: 100%. I would actually say it's a combination of all three. Like all three of those things ran through my mind at one time or another where I am such an independent person. Mm. Like, such an independent person. When I was seven, you know, my parents divorced, my dad moved overseas. And so I really had to become that strong woman at the age of seven to look after my, my brother, make sure he was okay. And so I think that really instilled that independence into me where I didn't falter. I didn't show weakness. I didn't give in. Like That wasn't who I was and that wasn't who I had to be at that point. And so I think that really did path the way for me being that independent person, not saying that it's a good thing, but it really did stop me from then allowing other people in. And allowing people to take over and take control because at the end of the day, the socialist is my business. It's my name. And letting go of that control is one thing to be like, okay, I hate double handling. I hate having to go and redo someone's work all over again. And so that's one hurdle that I had to come over the ability of, okay, spend more time training so you have less time to work on it later on when you actually need that time for your own business. That's one. Number two, another mindset thing that I thought of a lot was, you know, what if they come and they steal my clients? That one always comes up for our clients. Yes, right? And I think it's about how are you fostering and creating a community or how are you loving on that person, on, on that employee to want to come to work, to want to be a part of your business, to look up to you as opposed to being like, well, I can do this on my own. Yes, they can do it on their own. But is it going to be as fun? Is it going to be as easy? Is it going to be as rewarding? Probably not at those first uh, initial stages. So creating that really nice work environment at the start as well is important. And then again, the scarcity. Yeah. I can look, look at all this money coming into my account. That's awesome. This is all mine. Whereas now, you know, I need to give off, you know, 1000 thousand, two thousand $2,000 to, you know, this employee. But you know what's happening? You're letting go to receive more. Totally. I could not create my standout social squad my group coaching program and facilitate 26 people in there at once if I didn't let go of the social media management if I didn't let go of something that didn't need to be done by me
0: that's the key it didn't need to be done by me yeah absolutely and it's so funny because we always have a chat with this about our clients and incredible lessons there and incredible tips where they're like you know They think and I used to be like this too. Like I'm so guilty of this, and I'm sure you were, where you're like, no one can do it the way that I do it. Yes. Oh, for such a long time. Like, especially because I mean, like, I coach, you know, obviously, and we have coaches within our mastermind who also coach. And so a lot of the coaching actually isn't even done by me at this point. And so it's like, at first, I'm like, yeah, but I'm the coach, and the brand is Steph Gordon. So how the hell can like anyone else like they're gonna want to work with Steph Gordon? They're talking to Steph Gordon on, you know, like what how the hell can I let someone else do that? But it's so funny because Uh, the ego is a tricky little thing, isn't it? It's like, Mm -hmm. it protects you so much and it drives you so much and it gives you so much ambition and growth. But at the same time, it's also like sometimes protecting you from that next level jump because it's like me telling myself that the only person who can do that is me. It's actually completely holding me back because all of these incredible women have so much to offer my clients. And you would have the same thing, like your social media managers who are phenomenal. Like, you know, you're holding yourself back. You're holding your clients back from having access to their incredible brains, like all of that, you know? Yeah. And things start to slide. Like People would
1: email you and you won't reply for a few days because you're busy doing X, Y, Z. Whereas when you have a team, they can reply straight away and they can continue those relationships and build that rapport when you necessarily don't have the time to. So yeah, 100%. That's the biggest lesson I've learned
0: is to let go to receive more. Totally. I love that. So... I know that you have had some huge successes and some really incredible opportunities to speak globally, having your own reels featured by none other than Instagram. What? How did this come about? Like obviously your audience has skyrocketed and you've got a really big audience. What is it that you think, you know, I know you're really big on like create targeted content, blah, blah, blah. Like I get it. But like, what do you think is that special source that Mon has that's making this happen? That's the key word there, special source that Mon has. Mm. Keywords
1: all throughout that. Too many times I find people trying to be like someone else, Mm. trying to copy content that did well for someone else, trying to mimic what someone else has done. But your clients aren't coming to you because you're a mimic of Jessica down the road or because you're a mimic of Bailey who's doing X, Y, Z. They're coming to you because of who you are, your energy. Do you know how many people message me or come on a discovery call with me and they say, Oh my gosh, Mon, I don't even care what program you put me in. I just want to be around your energy. How powerful is that to get people sort of zeroing in and zoning in on your personality and your character and who you are? Because at the end of the day, no one is you. No one can be you. No one can shed the light that you have. And that's the key. You know, don't try to be someone else. Don't try to just do a trend for the sake of doing a trend on Instagram. Stand out boldly with unique content that is different, that is unique, that takes a unique spin on perhaps a trend that's on right now because that's what gets you remembered. Not by doing a random trend that you saw on Instagram, you know, a week ago. It's about, okay, how do I take that trend? and How do, that, how do I make that my own? How do I create this concept and put it into a piece of content that is going to resonate with my audience? For example, I did a reel last week and it was all about having cake, right? And your cake is like an Instagram strategy. You could be on Instagram scrolling through and taking, you know, my advice, your advice, this person's advice. And then all you're doing is taking different pieces of cake and trying to make your own. When you come to that birthday party and you show this cake, no one's going to want to eat it because it looks pretty, uh, uh-uh, pretty, pretty bad. Right. So this whole idea with this reel is I had this original concept, this analogy to create a reel that spoke from my heart, that spoke from strategy. And so many people not only engaged with it, but remembered it. That's the key. I remember.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, they had the pink cake and you had the the chocolate cake. And I remember it had the sprinkles. I
1: totally remember it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how are you creating original content that really reflects you, reflects your brand, reflects what you have to say, because that's what's going to make you stand out from the crowd because that's the key. How are you standing out from the crowd? Because Instagram is an attention economy. You are technically fighting for the attention of your target audience every second of the day. What is going to make your audience stop on your piece of
0: content? Love it. So, Bon, then, totally off track with where our questions were going to go today, which I knew it would happen. I love it. I love it. But talk to me about your creative process because it does require creativity. Like what you've just discussed is like, you, you actually have to sit down and, and I, I think, I don't know about how you plan your reels out. I don't know if you storyboard them or if you kind of have that concept, like what does it take? How much space do you have to carve out to get creative? Where do you get inspiration from? Like, can you give me a little bit of behind the curtain peek on yeah. what that looks like for you? Yeah. So every reel is completely
1: different. So for example, my cake reel, that's completely original, a whole new concept. I've never seen anyone do anything like that before on Instagram, let alone explain that concept in that way. And so what I did is I think I was on a live video or I was somewhere and I was talking about strategy and you know, stop taking slices of everyone else's cake. And I was like, light bulb moment, that there is a mic drop moment. So what I did is I wrote that idea down, stop taking pieces of everyone else's cake. It's a little saying, we all have little sayings that we have That creates a sort of ripple effect. And so I took that little saying and I was like, okay, how can I turn this into a real? Yeah, I could go on and I could talk about, you know, cake, cool, you know, take a slice of this and take a slice of that. But what if I visually represent it? What if I visually showcase that? And I think that's the key here. It's like, Show, don't tell. How can I show my audience this abundance? How can I show my audience this technique or this strategy? So I was like, okay, I'm going to go and buy three cakes. And I resisted this so much. I tried to go home and do it with chocolate. And I was like, no, Monique, just go out. Buy the bloody cakes and make the real. <laughs> but that's the thing. Take note of what you're saying, either in your coaching sessions to your clients, to your customers, to your family members, and write down those key things. You're like, that's pretty insightful. That's pretty cool. And then sit down and think, okay, how can I, how can I communicate this message to my audience in a way that they will understand? And that's where analogies come in, creating content that makes them think, oh, wow, this actually relates to me too, or I can visually see that. So that's one element of creative content. Another element is whenever you're looking at trending audios and it's so easy to fall into the trending audio trap where you just follow a trend, you do exactly what they do and you put your own words to it. Yes, it can get you by, but is it going to make you a leader? Probably not, right? So how can you put your spin on it? For example, I did a real, there was a trend going around where you're walking down the street. It's walking, 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 walking. And that was it. And it was basically like going off to tell people to stop deleting their Reels. And I decided, let me make this my own. So I got my tripod because as a content creator, my tripod pretty much sleeps with me. So I, I created a Reel where I was in bed and I opened up my quilt cover and my tripod was there and I got out of bed and I walked down the street with my tripod. And then I sat down on like a daybed with my tripod on the daybed next to me. And, you know, we're both tilting our heads in the same way. So that was really, really memorable to my audience. And they were like, oh my gosh, I remember that. How are you creating those memorable moments and integrating, for example, props? How are you bringing props into your reels to make them pop a little bit more, to make them more unique, to showcase more of what you do and what you'd say? You know, if you are a jeweler, how are you incorporating jewelry into your reels? It's an example.
0: Yeah. I love it. So how much time do you spend on like your own, like yeah, not just I'm content saying. creation, but also like planning, like th- where do you carve out time in your day or life to be able to actually come up with those ideas? Cause when you're a busy woman, like you are, like you're being pulled in a lot of different directions. There's so much that you can be doing. I know you're also about to launch a podcast. Yes. Um, hashtag cut the fluff when it comes out. We <laughs> So exciting. Where do you find the time, or do you sit down and actually carve out time to get creative? Do you sit down and carve out time in your calendar? Like, how do you how do you do it? Like, where do you find the time to put this together? Obviously, you make it a priority, but where do you find the time? One hundred percent. So, I used to try and sit on Fridays and make Fridays
1: my content creation day. I'll put my makeup on, I'll get dressed, I'll do all the things. Let's be honest, when it gets to Friday, you don't want to put on any makeup. You don't want to do anything. You just want to sit there in your PJs, do what you have to do and leave. So I decided, when am I most vibrant? Mondays. I am so vibrant on Mondays because I'm like, yes, I'm refreshed. I'm ready back from the weekend. So what I do is I have a non-negotiable appointment with myself every single Monday afternoon. And I have my Google Calendar where I have all of my appointments. And my Monday is sacred. I do not do any client work. On a Monday, I have my team meetings on Monday. I do a little bit of admin just to kind of check in and see what's happening. But mainly it's about course creation, program creation and my own content. So I'll sit down and what I'll do is I'm really intentional with my time. So throughout the week, we all scroll, but when I scroll throughout the week, I'm actually really intentional to save them Mm -hmm. as I go. So when it comes down to Monday and I'm ready to sit down and start planning my content, I actually have a whole plethora of audios ready to go in my saved. So I don't need to waste time scrolling to find content because it's already there saved. So that's how I save time for one. Then I sit down and I map out, okay, what days am I posting this week? Usually for me, it's Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, most weeks. It's depending if, if I'm launching, I'll obviously post more. And I'll write down, okay, what is my purpose for this week? My purpose to this week maybe is to sell my one-on-ones. Maybe it's to sell my group coaching program. Maybe it's to warm my audience up for my new Reels course. Maybe it's to get people to generate more engagement for my brand again. Every single week has a purpose. Then I write down the content ideas and write down, okay, what does my audience need to know in order to help me achieve this purpose or to achieve this goal? And let's say, for example, last week, I was selling my program, The Sin Out Social Squad. And so everything pointed towards that program handling objections. It came back to showcasing what was inside the program, the wings and the dreams they're going to get. And so I really wrote down the content ideas that were going to help my audience come along that customer journey. So once I had the content ideas down, I then went into my Reels audio and I found audios to match it. And what I do, which not a lot of people do, is I actually like to close my eyes and listen to the audio before I actually watch it. Because subconsciously, you will find yourself mimicking someone else's reel if you're watching it as well. So that's the biggest, biggest thing that I do is I try to close my eyes or I look elsewhere and I listen to the music and I just listen to the beats, I listen to the message, and in my head, an idea starts to form already, a picture starts to form. That's the idea that I do as opposed to looking and be like, oh, this is a cool trend where they're pointing at the screen. Let me do that. Yeah. So it's about, okay, thinking about what is happening here, what does that picture look like, and then going out to create that reel.
0: Well, it's obvious that that is working for you and I can totally see why. And I think that like, uh, you know, some of our clients sometimes say things like, I just find it so hard and I don't find it fun to create content, but I do think that it's kind of like anything really. Like you don't find sales fun until you start selling. You don't find like, you know, it's kind of like when you start getting a, a, like a favorable result, it actually starts to become fun. So it's like, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of time where you're figuring out what your audience likes. And yes, it's going to be a little bit of time where you put stuff out that doesn't take off and it's going to be frustrating and it's going to be hard, but it's just kind of like if you went to the gym, you know, there's going to be pain before you build muscle. You know, oh, there's going yeah. to be a stretch before you are able to. We're actually trying to learn how to do the splits at the moment. So, oh, get it! <laughs> I know. We're hoping to do it at our wedding. But um, but yeah, like it's you know, it's one of those things. Like you do have to put in the work before you get the result. And so, I love that creative process that you just shared with us and thank you for taking us behind the curtain on that because um, it is Please. absolutely so genius so how did you know that it was time to start the Rise With Reels course like and because you did that with you've done that as a co-collaboration yeah. with somebody else as well which is yeah. and who you'd never met yeah, so
1: my little partner in crime—not not, not little—I'm actually shorter than her. Her name is Alicia, and she is based in Melbourne. I'm based in Sydney. And so, what happened was in 2020, this is right off the back of me launching that first initial course, the, the Digital Mastermind. Alicia was following one of the girls that was inside the course, facilitating the, the course as well, and she saw me in a live. And so she reached out to me. She slid into my DMs, and she was like, "Hey, like you seem pretty cool. We've got the same interests. We're both into video marketing. Let's connect." And so we started off coming. You know, every Monday with a Monday morning check-in, we do a little bit of a dance and a boogie. We keep each other accountable to our goals. And then Reels came out in August and that's when everything changed. Obviously myself being really into video marketing and video creation and her as well, the exact same thing because she's into film and TV. We hit the ground running. We didn't sort of test the waters. We posted about two to three Reels per week and we just died right in. We didn't think about, oh, is this perfect? Or no, if you're thinking about perfection, it's too late put out the content, see what's going to work and then ideate from there as opposed to trying to ideate when you haven't put anything out there before. So we just went out put all the content out there. So that was August. By about September, October, both of us, our coaching calendars were full of people asking us about Reels, you know, Reels workshops, all that jazz. And so I decided I'm going to hold a Reels masterclass. People pay $50, dollars they gain this masterclass, and they learn how to create Reels. And I got such a huge turnout for that. I think at the time I had like 5,000 followers and I had like a 100 people join this masterclass. I was like, what the actual hell, this is insane. Um, and a week later, Alicia messaged me and she was like, hey, do you want to create a Reels course? And at this point, I was like, I just had my masterclass. I'm not going to create a course as well. Like, Why would anyone want to join it? And one thing that really stuck out to me, she's like, it's because it's us. They're learning from us and it's a different sort of container. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And at first it was like, you know, when you see someone at the shops and you're like, hey, let's catch up for coffee. And then three years passed and you're never caught up for coffee. It's it wasn't like that. It was like, okay, cool, let's do it. So we met on Zoom calls, we started planning it out, we started teasing our audience, and then we launched it. And it was, again, incredible, but also a very different time because we initially launched it at like peanuts. And at that time, I was like, is this too much? Is this way too much? So yeah, it was at that point where we physically couldn't bring on any more one-on-one clients for reals. Mm -hmm. Our DMs were bombarded with messages asking us, how did you do it? What's happening? How could you teach me how to do it? We were like, we need to facilitate on a one-to-many model rather than a one-to-one model.
0: Mm, Absolutely. And so tell me within that and the one-to-many model obviously genius and and scalable but also like we were just discussing off-air Mon weren't we and we were just saying like how that group program like a lot of people knock group programs like there's Mm. a lot of people who just think they need one-to-one and I know that Mon you are so with me on this like how important it is to be in a community and how much that community like you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with oh yeah you are in a community of people who are leveling up fast and who are 100% invested and you're able to watch them win see what's working for them see what's holding them back see like see yourself in their situation allows you to really get awareness and gain awareness and perspective on yourself much faster so that you can level up way quicker. So that one-to-many model for you guys is so genius. Insane. And like, for example, inside the send Out Social Squads, that's my
1: small group coaching program. I had two tutors in there, right? And one tutor, right from the get-go from week three, she started smashing it. She took on all the advice. She was going all in. She had nothing left to lose. And so she started implementing all the things. And so she ended up getting you know, student after student after booking after booking after client after inquiries. And now she's fully booked out, has inquiries coming through her ears. So, this other tutor that's inside my group, it's awesome to have like two of the same sort of people, but that other tutor was like, oh my gosh, she's killing it. If she can kill it, I can kill it too. What happened? You know, she has been in her business for two years. The first year and a half of her business was pretty, pretty much crickets, like maybe a client here, maybe a client there. Um, and she got most of her clients just through word of mouth and things like that. When she decided to go all in, when she had that encouragement that, wow, she can do it, I can do it too. Let me utilize on strategies. She is now over capacity in her tutoring business because she was in a group capacity where
0: she saw someone else slay it. So she decided that she wanted to slay it as well. 100%. I, that's why I think her coaching works so well because there's that like immediate buy and that belief because for a lot of people they have to say to believe and you know like you can tell them like one-on-one you can say hey you should do this but that's one person when 10 people are telling you you should do this all of a sudden you're like okay shit maybe I should do that you know and not only that but there's that belief it's like yeah mom that's awesome that worked for you but that's not going to work for my tutoring business or yeah mom that's great but that's not going to work for my baby sleep consulting business or insert thing but then when you see someone else in the exact same industry doing the, the, the damn thing and killing it you're like all right, I really have no excuse anymore. Like yeah, I just like
1: have I to, to do it. I need to do it. Exactly right. And that's that's the power of groups. Not only do you get the strategy, not only do you get the, the personalized attention, but you also get that group of cheerleaders who are always going to be cheering you on and pushing you in the right direction because we all think we can do everything in our own strength, but that's really not the case. You know, we thrive and we grow when we have people in our corner, when we have people cheering us on. You know, even when I got my own coach, my very first coach, you know, a year and a half ago, that's when things happened to me because I was able to stay accountable to someone else, not just my own self and saying, oh, I'll launch this thing at this time or oh, I'll just keep my prices the same price. or well, I'll, I'll just leave it for this person. No, my coach is going to check in with me next week and say, what have I done? If I come with her to nothing, I've then wasted money. Yeah. Totally I've then crazy. wasted my time, her time, energy for what?
0: Totally. And like I'm a huge fan of that because I mean obviously we're we're big on investing and in yourself and in your growth and your knowledge and you know, you do succeed so much faster the minute that you put your money where your mouth is okay. and you kind of like back yourself in and you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to make this investment in my own growth because I truly believe that I can do it. And I know that with the right support system in place, I'm going to absolutely thrive, which is why obviously investing is so important. But I wanted to circle back to one thing that you said just to kind of wrap us up today, which was about that done is better than perfect mm. approach that you and Alicia both hit with the Rise for the Reels course. And Mon has... a. Um, and he's been doing my social media and helped me out with my social media a lot lately and has been creating my reels for me. So I've been recording the content, sending them over to Mon's team. Mon's been putting them together. And pretty much every time I send a video over to you, I'm like, oh, I hate it. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, gross. No, I don't want to do it. Ugh. And But like because I've been like, I've got to get it done. It's got to be like, you're holding me accountable. You guys are like, you're like, I need five reels this week and it needs to happen now. And I'm like, ah. I have no time to mess around with it, you know? And so, the and they go up and you know what? They do well. Yeah. And it's that done is better than perfect approach that like I could sit there and re-record that 17 more times because I probably recorded it 17 times in the first place. But I could send record it 17 more times. It wouldn't be any different. Like at the end of the day, it's not going to make that difference. So I love that approach. Yeah.
1: Even like our course, we promoted and sold our course before he had even created the content for it. Mm. It's the same thing. Done is better than perfect. And, and these are the things some people think, Oh, I could never do that because I'm not at this stage. But you know, you're probably at that middle ground where there are people actually wanting to be where you are or wanting to learn from you. And so just because you aren't the best of the best of the best doesn't mean you still don't have value to give to your audience, to your clients, to your customers. So it really is about overcoming that challenge of being like, you know, I can help someone with the knowledge that I have right now.
0: Totally. And you can be like the best of the best and start out the best. Like, and also one quote that I love from Drake, <laughs> so frantic. <random. laughs> <laughs> but he always said like, I believed I was the best before everyone knew I was. And I really love that that whole concept of just like, you guys did Rise With Reels like, without having created the content because you knew that you had value to offer because you knew that what you were going to offer was going to be unbelievable because you believed in the yeah. knowledge and the help that you could give. And that was enough. Like that's enough. Like the rest will figure itself out. Exactly right. And there's always time
1: to do that after. It's all about really feeling in the moment and being like, okay, I feel like this is the right time. Let's go. Let's do it. And then going all in. I have a sticky note above on my wall here and it says, I have nothing to prove. I'm already where I should be and I've already won. Mm -hmm. Coming from the mindset of you're already, you're already winning. You're already, you're already there allows you to really sit and have fun Mm -hmm. as opposed to coming from scarcity. For example, my last launch of SSS was my funnest, easiest, breeziest launch I've ever had because I had fun. In my mind, I was like, I don't care who, how many people I get in here. I care about the people that I'm serving. I care about having fun. And I know this is going to transform people's lives. And when I showed up in that energy, people just came in and I'm just like, oh, this is incredible. So when you trust yourself, when you go all in on yourself, when you realize that you've already made it. That allows
0: you to open up more space for more people to come into your world. And I think, like for people who are listening, if those words "you've already made it" are like maybe a little bit jarring for you, and, and like I just really encourage you, if you're listening to this, to have a think about if you were to say to yourself, "I've already made it," like what is that bringing up for you right now? Because. The only difference between Mon saying, yep, I've already made it. And like, she was probably saying that to herself at 5,000 followers when she was making no money. Like, you know, it's really important that you do have to understand that like, we are in the top 1% of the wealthiest people in the world. We have everything we need right now at our fingertips. Like we live in this incredible environment where like there's this massive oxygen bubble that we get to be living within. Like it's phenomenal that we are even here in this moment and everything we we have, everything we already need, you know? And I think a lot of people sometimes forget they always are focused on what they need to achieve and what they need to prove, like I yeah. said, rather than just being like, actually, if I believe I've already got it, then I'm going to have it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Come creates- on. Oh, I, love, I it. love it. I love, I love it. it so much. So tell the people, tell the people, yes. hello, the, the people, how can they find you? How can they work with you? What are the options? Can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Of course, of
1: course. So you can find me at the start with one underscore. There are so many copycats out there. Make sure it's only one underscore and I have... Posts on my page. <laughs> you can find me there where I share tips, tricks, you know, mindset strategies around you building your Instagram. So head over there. There's also our Rise with Reels course Instagram page where you'll get all the information about our course. You can jump in and go and join our course all about how to use Instagram Reels to skyrocket your brands. We teach you how to use your Reels, how to come up with content ideas, transitions, how to use them to sell. We have a really exciting next level course for those of you who feel like you know you're good, doing good with reels, but you could be going better. We've got a new course coming for you, so don't worry. Um, and we have our podcast called Cut the Fluff. You can find that on Instagram at Cut the Fluff Pod. Now, this is a joint collaboration with myself and Alicia, and this is True biz besties talking all things business, life, and money. But what we found is that you know we're on Instagram, so we're on, we're on like listening to podcasts, and all we're hearing is like educational, inspiring sort of ones. But I want to know about the nitty gritty behind the curtains. I want to be right a little fly in the wall. Hearing about what's actually going on in business. You know, what are the, what are the downs? I don't want to just see the ups that I see on Instagram. What are the downs as well? What are the things that doesn't make the highlight real? That is what's going to be inside this podcast, all about growing a million dollar business in a year and a half. No BS.
0: Mm, So good and so needed. Like these real world podcasts are exactly what it needs to come out into the world because you're right. Like there's a lot of really incredible education, but I'm a really big believer and it's not about what you have to start doing, it's about what we have to stop doing um, in yeah. order to grow because there's so much we have to let go of to create space, right? Um, and, and really understanding that you're not alone in that stuff. Um, so, this Color oh, Flat right. Pass is going to be so unbelievable. I cannot wait to hear it. Come on. You- Thank you so much for your time, beautiful woman. It was so lovely to have you on. And guys, if you are wanting to go and find out more about Monique, please jump on to the socialist with one underscore. We would love to know what your biggest takeaway was from this session as well. So please tag myself and the socialist with one underscore. Uh, <laughs> I know because sometimes I search for you and, and that happens to me as well. Um so so annoying. <sighs> um so tag us on Instagram, tell us what your favorite part of this podcast was, share it if you got some juicy tips, let everybody know that. They can get these juicy tips too, because this was such an incredibly informative podcast. Thank you again so much for joining. Me.
1: Uh, thank you so much for having me. It has been a blast. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for tuning into today's episode. My personal mission is to help women just like you to grow their business and give you the advice and insights you need to make your business go boom. And as part of my commitment to that mission, I have created a mini course called the Boom Your Biz mini course, and I want to offer it to you completely for free. So in this three-part mini course, you're going to learn how to identify and attract the perfect clients that you actually love to work with. You'll learn an easy and effective way to build your core offer and increase the amount of people that actually take you up on that offer and how to generate endless high quality leads absolutely free. Included in this free mini course is exclusive training. I give you templates and processes that you can follow and implement in your business right now to start seeing results straight away. The value of this mini course, guys, is 497 but I'm giving it to you completely for free. So if you're ready to level up and take action, use the link in my show notes to download this mini course. I'll see you next episode.